Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings. Last week we goddamn did. And oftentimes <laughs> giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. You roll the dice every week. Will it be failure or triumph tonight? Who will triumph? Great question. My name is Joe Hilliard. Of course, I'm joined with Carlos Cooper and Dave Gurney. We went counterclockwise in the intros from how we're sitting right now. Got, <laughs> that throws you it, off. Ooh, it, Why that, do you think oh, I did wow. it that way? It, it gave the whole episode a weird vibe now. <laughs> we'll see if we can recover from it. <laughs> but is, in order to try please. to attempt that recovery, okay. um, I am coming straight out of the gate with a statement of purpose. And I mean that literally. This beer is called the Statement of Purpose. Wonderful. <laughs> from Martin House Brewing Company. They are out of Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, and you know, you know what you're getting in for movie wise already. We're, we're talking Godzilla versus Kong and we did already talk about Godzilla King of Monsters, uh, which preceded, I believe directly. Right. And, and so if we're returning to a film franchise property that we have discussed in the past, why not? return to one of the great beer in a movie debates one mm. of the great um this is a fun running statement moments that we have had <laughs> uh and talk about a golden stout what what is a golden stout what it, what does that mean it's stouts qu- are not supposed to be golden it's a question we've asked many times on the program stay gold pony boy <laughs> <laughs> no, not in this case, uh, <laughs> but no. This this is uh, one of those conundrums that the the it's, style that we still uh, though now we have. I mean, for a while we struggled to just have a version that we thought was trying a good to get beer, across right. what they were trying to do. But then we had a couple yeah. that were really pretty great, right? We I mean, Marzipan. I think from Three Nations is one that stands out still. Another uh, Dallas Fort Worth kind of. Metropolitan area brewery. Yeah, they're up, they're up Carlos there. put the brunch money on his top three beers That's of the year. Right. So that right. one, yeah, it was, it was so, up there. So roll the dice again top, here. Top three the, beers of twenty twenty. Yeah. Let me say. Yeah, this one, um, this one came to me by way of an Austin friend, friend of the show, Hybrid Record Club member, extraordinaire Nathan Leshen, <laughs> uh, and it's been, you know, it's been staring at me in um, the fridge, tempting me. Uh, oh, I knew you'd save this for the show, though. But I had to save it yeah. for the show. Well, have I'm we had peanut did. butter in a golden stout before? I'm, I'm, memory's not serving. I don't think so. The brunch money so. was maple and... Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, think it had peanut butter. You pour, okay. those, you pour a stout, you expect a certain look, and those golden stouts come out, and it messes with my head every single time. This one is indeed a more golden... Yeah, uh, it's it's a yeah it's darker, a, almost amber, but but yeah, yeah, de- yeah. definitely a darker hue than. A, it's a very David nice I, head on it. I was going to say uh, David and I got quite a. No, I poured yeah. mine correctly, but it's uh, <laughs> no. This is a very nice head. I'm enjoying the effervescence. I'm definitely getting peanut butter on the oh, nose. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, there. Definitely. Yeah. Not so much the roasty stoutness, but but definitely peanut butter. Yeah. It's like if somebody handed this to me, I would maybe just guess. 
peanut butter cream ale? I don't know. Like right. th- this is that's something you don't see a lot either. But no. well, I hope Martin House. Good luck. Yeah. We'll be tasting this while we talk about this week's big blockbuster news making right. film. We aren't we aren't the only ones talking about this one, yeah. right? Um, th- this is well, I don't know. Are we back on the path to blockbusters here? Uh, we're talking about Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, you know, let, let's let's open the curtain here. Um, the Oh, what is this? Thirty second? What what is it? I think it's more like thirty six. Okay, yeah. Depending on how you count them, it you know in the Godzilla franchise. Though then we'd also want to count it separately, I suppose, at how it falls into the Kong franchise, and perhaps most importantly, fourth within this new monster verse um, that uh, is you know be, being uh being assembled yes yeah. quick quick correction 36 film it, the 32 that you were getting yeah is the number of films produced by toho okay all right so the four american ones added on to the toho ones yes. you get 36 mm-hmm. and does that say how many kong films there are you no i'm in the godzilla okay, wikipedia right. <laughs> <laughs> well and any new window <laughs> <laughs> you know these you you know if you're listening you you pay attention enough to movies to to know that this thing was coming out right um this was part of that big announcement last year when hbo uh, or in Warner said that they, we're going to release yeah. these films, a series of films. We already watched one of them, right? Judas and the Black Messiah was, uh-huh. was released as yeah. one of those same day on HBO Max as in theater. And right. I, I tried, and I, I think we talked about it on a past episode, but I just, uh, I just couldn't get Tom and Jerry through. You guys wouldn't let us do it. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, that's we'll save that one for after hours. It's kind of the content's a little spicy. A little, a little spicy. spicy. You know, the the argument that the other movie theaters. Uh, and the chains and all put up was, you know, you're really going to screw us. It's bad enough with the pandemic where we either can't open our theater or have such a low capacity. It's so difficult to make money. And now you're telling us, Warner Brothers, that you believe that the future of the theatrical film industry is to release these on the same day that people can luxuriate in their homes and enjoy themselves and not rent a babysitter. So, you know, I understand the argument on both sides, but they just pushed through and it's been great for the pandemic if you're going to stay at home and avoid the theaters. Yeah, for this, especially this weird transition moment that we're in where I think some people are becoming more, well, people are getting vaccinated, right? And as you Mm -hmm. get vaccinated, you may be, okay, I could go to the theater and not feel too bad about that. I'm real eager to see nobody and my son, it's gonna, April 16th is the mm-hmm. VOD, and my son was in town this weekend, and mm-hmm. we really talked about it, going I, to a 10pm Alamo mm-hmm. showing. We really talked didn't, about didn't it. Didn't pull the trigger though. No, we didn't do okay. it though. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, uh, 20, April 22nd, April 23rd, you'll see me at a movie theater. Dune? I don't know, uh, but on one of those two days... I'll be second shotted, fully vaxxed. I got Two you. week oh, waiting okay. window is over. I, I thought Catch you had me a new at the album. <laughs> it seemed a little early for Dune, but I no. took a stab at well, it. Well, so you know, and and the box office results from this first weekend right, of huge. Godzilla and Kong was that Relative. it did. Now, yes, right. We're not talking well, about biggest, pre-COVID era, but yeah. it was like forty-six million yeah, at the was, domestic box office. It was, was nudging fifty over five days or something. It was right. around fifty yeah. million. Which that's is the, the theatrical number. Yes, right. the theatrical in the and, domestic theatrical. The domestic theatrical. It's the biggest since the COVID era. It's topped two hundred and eighty million internationally, globally, yeah. or yeah, altogether right. with right. the American and international international box office and uh according to hbo max it has done the biggest numbers 
that any their of their platform, yeah. Yeah, like it's a, it's original that, straight to things have done. If you're sitting in front of the TV with a family in the room and that is the new release on, if you say, let's say you go to HBO Max, I can't imagine anyone not clicking it. And a lot of the other ones are there, not just King of they Monsters did a nice job. and Kong they Skull did a nice Island, job. but you've got the a big original, curating a pretty big I mean, selection. And you've yeah. got... Yeah. Uh, what Mothra versus Godzilla? Yeah. I mean, there were several Showa era, uh, which we'll talk about more in the Maybe second Megalon. half of the episode. Yeah, spoiler alert! But there was plenty of the history to yeah. go back to yeah. as well. And I did. Yeah, same. Okay. I yeah. watched a great many films we'll uh, for this week. We will get there <laughs> because while we have discussed that. Uh, th- this has answered some questions about the future of movie distribution. It has shown at least in this, like David said, weird in between time that the streaming is not necessarily going to negatively impact the box office because none of these other films where you could choose have done this kind of, these kind of numbers. Right. Uh, And it's also the kind of film that if I'm teetering on the edge Let's go to the movie theater. Yeah. And we survived. Mm-hmm. So let's go back. Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a so gateway it, into even bigger for box sure. office later. For sure. And former Alamo projectionist Josh DeLeon, not blind Al, Josh DeLeon, uh, actually both of them are talking about renting a theater to go see uh, I saw go that. See this, I um, saw that. Which may happen. I don't know. Well, I, it, but, but the reaction right there. But, well, hold they on. had but, seen the film. On HBO Max, Josh, the first, older Josh, Josh Gillian, who my, proposed it. His, my Josh Gillian has not seen right, it yet, no, though but he it, is but, down. But what I was getting to, though, is that this has answered some questions about distribution. The question that the distribution uh, thing has not answered, is this a good movie? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Because, because we can talk all day so about we, the I franchise kinda, and, all that, and what's going what's gonna to happen with I, how movies are released. I but feel good about this because I kind of got to not even give plot synopsis, which which is good. I mean, what we is just the plot got synopsis? Up, it's Godzilla it's, versus Kong. Godzilla is going to fight Kong. Well, okay, but I, having seen two two different <laughs> filmic interpretations okay, of so that, okay, so you watched the nineteen sixty two. I watched, I watched it today. Yeah. I watched so it today. I, They're not I know, that different. Not that different, but different. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and actually, uh, ha- having uh, spent some time listening back to our episode where we reviewed uh, Godzilla: King of Monsters, the film immediately preceding this one in this new monster verse, um, it. You know, I, I think it's worth saying uh, it did some things right here that we were kind of calling for that other movie to do, I think. And uh, it's almost like they were listening to us. I think I, they I, probably I'd, did. I'd like to think. Every, everyone knows that beer in a movie is the industry standard for like studio executives to listen to the right, podcast right. and take notes on how to develop future films. I, I think, yeah, it's like they, they have a little BAM scale. How do you think the BAM guys are going to rate this one? And if it's like three thumbs up, then they get green light all the way. If it's like a Joe, hell no, then they're thinking, okay, maybe that one's going to play to the art house crowd. But right. no, <laughs> no and, but, and by the way, what beers did they drink? <laughs> no, but what back say then, about the Golden Stout? one of our biggest, biggest problems Kyle Chandler and way less Kyle yeah, they, Chandler they, they, they did it, it. beautifully yeah. they they didn't just ignore the character because yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have liked it if they had been like a, they just minimized his presence yeah. did the little token goodbye dad uh-huh. and then we got out yeah. of there and, then and we get, never get had out. to go back a tearful reunion. they had Kyle Chandler on set for Guys, one you, day to fulfill mind, his contractual obligation I've been rehearsing this 
Oh wait, hold on. Do we need a synopsis first? Do we have a synopsis? <laughs> hold, on, hold, on, hold on. We mentioned we're at Kyle Chandler. Yeah. <clears throat> no Gabriel Byrne. Oh but no, he's gonna he's gonna do a just lay off your pops, all right? <laughs> Quoted from the film. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Uh, well, it is Kong. Rich dialogue. Okay, here's a synopsis, right? Here's a synopsis that the trailer gives me. Kong and Godzilla are going to beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. And, and they do. And it and caused they, yeah. me, me, to text you guys and say, I'm jazzed about this movie, just the trailer. Yeah. Are you giving me jazz? Kong and Godzilla beating the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Let me just get into the notion that that begins 45 minutes in. And there's a lot of shit that goes down from zero to 45. Yeah. And that's where the mm-hmm. plot synopsis would have to come in. But Carlos is correct. This plot is the plot, the human plot, yeah. is so convoluted that the synopsis would take the next 30 well, minutes. Well, yeah, it is. It, I mean, yes it is. And no. it's, they've created these worlds, right? So Kong... Based on Skull Island, Kong we've seen came that from film. somewhere. Where did Kong come from? Yeah, but originally from inside the Earth, this, this hollow this center. space called Hollow Earth, and right. so there are these scientists interested in understanding that. Um, Rebecca Hall kind of leads that effort. This is her first appearance in one of these films. That's correct? right. Okay, as far I, as I know, I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't out of my mind. Right. Um, and, and, you know... So and the, the deaf girl is her first appearance as well? Uh, yes. Uh, a, a student of the Texas School of the Deaf. Is okay. that right? Uh-huh, yeah. Fantastic. This, is her, this, this character's first... Because I didn't see Skull Island. Right. Which no. I understand takes well, place in the past. I was going to say, Skull place Island took yeah. place about... Yeah, 50 okay, years so prior, this is almost. the first. So we get the Millie Bobby Brown and her dad back in. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. I, I had to go Google, is this the Skull Island entry? Yeah. The, deaf, the, the young deaf it girl? It's yeah. not. Okay. Yeah. She's just one of the last remaining. She's the one that taught Kong how to speak the full English vocabulary with no one knowing. Well, so. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So what you missed in Skull Island is that there is an indigenous population of that island that worshipped Kong. Mm-hmm. And, and she's a descendant. She's the last, last one. one. Okay. Because right. when the storm took over the island, nothing else said about it for the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Not one attempt to even touch on the fact that there seems to be this perpetual never-ending like monsoon on Skull <laughs> Island and somehow in the midst of a monsoon they were able to create this biosphere like fake habitat for oh, I mean come on go fuck yourself oh, 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 like, wait, you're getting hung up on stuff like that in a movie like this just oh, try God. no because well add the Truman no, show wait, in hold on. you're telling me you could take two of Jadora's heads and you could create sort of like a bionic hard drive for At a least mecha Godzilla Preposterous! No, so my complaint is it, <laughs> it is. No, it's, it's called physics and law of inertia. It's no, no, impossible. No. But okay. at least they attempted an explanation of the Godira thing. My complaint is that there was no attempt at an explanation for the storm. Thing. Yeah, I don't need. I, my uh, my complaint is that it's like a thing they gloss over it. But it's the whole like movie is like a thing. I, can't, I feel well, like but, you have to. But it's trying go, to be something else. I think you got to go into this with like. A, a teenage min, mutant ninja turtles mentality, like sure. ooze is out there. Ooze does shit. Yes, it's gonna mess stuff up. Sure. Oh, what is ooze? <laughs> Couldn't they study it somehow? Nah, let's just it's ooze. Yeah, you know, I I think I think, okay. I, think I can't get hung up on the science of these. No, 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 no,
I'm not getting hung up on the science. I am getting hung up on the just blatant disregard for even an attempt at world building, at, at continuing the world building. Because, okay, but you've because, watched a lot of Godzilla films now. and Okay, I, but we're not going to no, judge these by the show King, era films. No, Godzilla but there's King always, of the Monsters I mean, explains part, why this is, exists in the universe that we know. And this they film, explain the Titans. This film attends, uh, uh, intends on filling us in even more deeply. There's this hollow center of the it's, Earth. Yeah. We there, There's time warp. There's uh, ancestors that have left artifacts. Yeah, we have built spaceships that cost trillions of dollars Mm -hmm. uh to get down there godzilla has the ability to hollow a tube a hole with his his atomic breath yeah all Mm -hmm. the way to the center of the earth at kong who's only 400 feet tall can climb from the center of the earth to the thing so no you're right david you can't get caught up on anything no but those are things that are explained that's my point (laughs) Well, he has a magic axe, so I guess he climbs faster, like Donkey yeah, Kong. Sure, okay. those are things that they they attempt to like acknowledge. Here's the thing: sure, it's ridiculous, but we're giving mm-hmm. you some kind of explanation. Yeah, for it. yeah. Now, now, you know, so the thing about this is like Godzilla comes back at the, which again, like at the end of King of Monsters, they're like Godzilla's our friend, right? Which is a thing that the Showa era films do at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like Son of Godzilla, when that movie comes out, clearly defines him as a protector of humanity or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, Talking about Godzuki? <laughs> mm. uh, he has a his name that starts with an M, the Son of Godzilla. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Um, but so that is establishing King of Monsters. Like Godzilla is our friend. He's protecting us from these other titans that are evil. Mothra is also our friend. Uh, or like some of the other ones uh, to protect us against King Godira. And then in this one, he comes back and seemingly everybody forgets about it in an instant because he attacks this like, you know, super mega corporation headquarters. Uh, No one bothers to even for a second say, "Hmm, I wonder why someone who has not done anything bad to anybody for years and years and has mostly kept to themselves all of a sudden did this. Um, But the narrative is built around Believe it or not, most... Most tech companies would have better PR firms than Godzilla. Uh, Yes, he just doesn't even he doesn't put any stock in public. That's true. That's the thing. Uh, You know, he is. He's just a big creep. He's the 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 Donald Trump of the monster world. He's the hero we deserve, but not the one that we need right now. Yeah, but it also sets Uh, him up as a villain. Yes, you need a villain in the essential title of the film: a good guy and a bad guy. But I, I, I know I can get through the synopsis. (laughs) Apex is this company that. we follow Millie Bobby Brown, Brian Tyree Henry, and the guy who they seemingly copy and pasted from Spider-Man Homecoming, who yep. played uh, Peter Parker's yep. best friend. Yeah, uh, that in there. Uh, yeah, wh- whoever you know, whatever. Um, and they're trying to. They believe in Godzilla, and they're trying to find out why he would have attacked Apex because Brian Tyree Henry's character believes that they're up to something nefarious. It has a great podcast that tells you so. Yes, which seemingly it's nobody great. can figure See, out who it is, despite the fact that it's being uploaded from a specific IP address. I'm just but glad that we're getting some yeah, representation very... in film now. I mean, that that, 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 it, that QAnon is being represented in film? No, podcasters. <laughs> oh, podcasters. Yeah. The con- He's not really QAnon. Uh, the fact that like these... who. 
albeit are like right in this uh-huh. film, but these people yeah. who are these very fringe conspiracy theorists are our, like yeah. heroes only works for me in uh, National Treasure. <laughs> but concurrently, <laughs> uh, oh, some National concurrently Treasure they're in. trying to bring Kong in so that they can get to the center of the earth and mine. Apex is trying to mine this uh, weapon or, or this energy power. source that they can use to, at a certain point, power something that we're unaware of turns out and this is where the big plot twist of the film comes spoiler alert turn it off if you haven't seen it mecha godzilla and we saw king of monsters we talked about it mm-hmm. and then i saw kong skull island that film ruined this film for me kong skull island kong skull ruined- island ruined Godzilla versus Kong for me, and I'll tell you why. King of Monsters, I had a great time. It was fun, great. Like the stories, whatever. Kyle uh-huh. Chandler is ass in it. Uh, almost ruins the film. I like but I'm a Kyle Chandler fan. But the monster kaiju fight scenes and the action of it mm-hmm. was enough to get me through it. Right. Okay. Then I watched Kong Skull Island. Now Kong Skull Island is a film that is the plot like art house level like should it be in the criterion collection no but does it give you human characters with clear motivations that are fully or at least as fully developed as they can be in this kind of film that you can attach yourself to and care about Mm -hmm. and you know care about all of the stuff that goes on when the monster fighting isn't happening yes and it does it really well and it does it really well by casting the film really well and by setting it in a time where you can understand where everybody's coming from. Like you have a downed fighter pilot who just wants to get off the island. You have Samuel L. Jackson, whose friend was killed in combat and who he's like on this war path to avenge. And then you have Tom Hiddleston, who similarly to John C. Riley's character also wants to get off the island, but for different reasons, because he's there trying to protect this expedition group. Mm-hmm. And then when we get into the skull crushers and Kong and all this other stuff, you can, you can get away from that because it's not like that. You're not that gripped by the human mm-hmm. story, but you're interested in it enough to get you through when Kong's not there. There is nobody in this film that is interesting enough to get you through the first 45 minutes until you get like a real interesting Godzilla, ship scene. Yeah. Interesting ship scene. I mean, mm. the human characters, with the exception of the girl from the island, are just so kind of flat well, and was, thin, and the plot is whatever. That was exactly the one I was going to go to when when you said you had nobody to go with in the first forty five minutes. I yeah. was going to say you do well, have what about the girl. No, she's I mean, great. The, I I think that, but she on her own her is really, not enough. Well, no, and, and, I, she, and, and hold on, I'm sorry to the to that plot to that point in the plot had done nothing. It wasn't until like she was on the in, ship that yeah. we learned that she and Kong, that she's taught Kong well, the entire seen, English. We've seen them interact, and we've, we've yes, definitely possibly. seen that they have some ability to right. communicate. We don't know it's as elaborate Tell me as sooner that, though. Give me the home thing 15, 20 minutes in. And so then while know, they're on the ship, me. you the, know this, that... I, did, I, I didn't know. get... I, I, I thought her relationship dragged. with Rebecca Hall, I thought I, I bought into that. I think Rebecca Hall's good good on screen anyway and i and i the, and i bought in her adopted mother the eileen andrews the, yeah, doctor. the scientist yeah. you know i thought 100 scars guard he's 
he's fine. Give a fuck about yeah, him. I don't know. He's not hated great. him. He, he, he's he not as bad a, as Kyle Chandler. And he's not as bad. I was, was a, he I was a pilot? Because he sure could man that ship he'd never seen before in his hey, life. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> let's not get hung up on any details, David. The, You're right. To listen, enjoy this film, they you can't do, think they about do goddamn anything. They a VR anything. session. It, there was three hours okay. of the movie they yeah. cut out. Carlos and I are in 100% unanimous agreement about the human element of this film. You don't like this movie. Here's my question. I, Does the Kong versus Godzilla battle scenes, of uh-huh. which there are one, two, three, three, yeah. three big set Kong versus Godzilla uh-huh. pieces, make up for it, Carlos? So you're like, okay, if you could, here's the, here, this could be the review. Human element, not that great, but if when you trudge through it, goddamn, the Kong and the, and the, and the Godzilla, they beat the shell of each other, and that's the fulfilling part of it. Yeah, yeah, put it on, like, I'm almost done cooking dinner throw it on i'm finishing up the last little bits during the beginning mm-hmm. scene where you know amelia bobby brown tracks the dude down, tracks bernie down and like all that kind why of did thing. they pull her hair and back then, to make her appear exactly like 11 with the t- t- crew cut the entire time. i'm not i'm not i'm not big on the millie bobby brown train Agreed. really uh i think i think she was very very good, in stranger, good in stranger things yeah. she was good she's, in that sherlock holmes oh see i didn't d- see the daughter one but she was she was very good in stranger things i'll give her that i haven't cared about her all that much other than that but you know, put uh, you, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, put it on while I'm doing something and I'm finishing something mm-hmm. up, and then you know, as I'm preparing my tacos and sitting down, like I'm a half hour in, and then now I'm locked mm-hmm. in. Now, 30 minutes into it, I'm like not peripherally, peripherally paying attention to it, but really paying attention to it. Now, I- now here we okay. go. I'm I'm good for the rest of the well, movie. Well, okay, but but I like that the the whole sequence at the facility at the beginning where they're coming in and Brian Tyree Henry is kind of doing his little thing to try to sneak onto the computer and pull off the data. And I I thought that was a fun scene. I was I was laughing a bit. I like him. I like his presence on screen. I I, I, I don't know. I I feel like there's. I don't want to come across like I'm going to defend this film as like great casting great storytelling well, that is your role here but <laughs> but no i mean i'm just thinking like it's a it's a big improvement over godzilla king of monsters in my mind in terms of being able to do it enough that i was satisfied that when i got myself to those action sequences i was happy it but S- skull island i will agree i think out of all four of the ones recent that's the one by far that stands out as being the most pleasing all around. The the other the only other thing I'd say there in, in response to what you were saying is, you know, the, the idea that you know this is a movie I'd put on while I'm making dinner. Nah, that's that that'll never be this movie. But this is Pieces the movie. Pieces of a woman is more flavor. This is the movie. The, what the one the 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 one about the pregnancy. That's more your flavor. Never, at sometimes, time. Rare, rarely, yeah. always. No, pieces of a woman. Oh, pieces of a woman. The film oh, okay. that we reviewed. Oh, yeah, okay. cut all of this out. That was a, yeah, <laughs> that was a weird I, detour. Uh, I was trying to come up with a. Okay, the joke would be that uh, you don't want this okay. kind of popcorn no, that, fare at dinner just, time. So let me come up with the no, most I'm just, dense like, drama I, that I can think of. The the most enjoyment I'm going to get out of this film is getting into those action sequences, which are very and good. Personally, I prefer to see those on a big screen, yeah. have my attention yeah. focused on them. To me, if I'm going to watch this movie again, or really probably any of the MonsterVerse movies, the next one that's going to it's come. When I go to see it in the theater, yeah, so sure. you know, I, I this one had me this close to where I was like, ah, I probably should have just gone to the theater to see this one. 
I agree that it would have been so much better in a theater, be, partly because you're kind of held captive there during that first 45 minutes. <laughs> I, I, I look and and look. Let me let well me set said. the record straight. The human element part. I just of it, don't remember it even dragging. It's it, the like, human element that you guys have locked into the dragging of it. It's not that it dragged. It's that what you were watching was idiocy. It's I, I wouldn't even go that far. I'm in between the two of you on this. I it's not even necessarily that it drags. It's that one, this movie could have been twenty to thirty minutes shorter. Uh, two, minimally, I. I don't really care that much about the characters. Correct. Does it ruin it for me? No. Is this a fun movie? Well, the characters you're yes. supposed to care about are King Kong and Godzilla, and did you care about them? Well, they gave I, a no, lot of screen I, time look, to characters you're not supposed to care about then. I, I, I did care about them, but look, the key You need to, to see the human factors, the human costs around them, but they are the, no, the, the no, featured. No, they're plot, they're plot no. moving along devices, look, these humans. They gotta get Kong down to the center of the island, which is the script that they wrote, so they come up with this cockamamie bullshit to do it. I don't even know if I'm there with you. I mean, <laughs> look, the key to a good a, a key to a really good kaiju movie is that you do also care about the people that are in it because the monsters who only can scream and screech and growl and stuff can only do so much on screen. That is yeah, so they can only sure. take up so much screen time. And so this movie's fun, yes, but it's not it's not anything over like a 3 star out of five because the human part of it is just kind of eh but whatever I could take it or leave it I don't really care and look the reason that I brought up the Kong Skull Island thing in the first place was because what is happening in this film while it is yes an improvement on King of Monsters would without having if I had because I miss Kong Skull Island in the theater. I watched that at home, and that mm-hmm. is a movie I am glad to watch at home again because I had so much fun watching that movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because of how good that movie it was, it made me realize that a marginal improvement on King of Monsters, which was okay, isn't really enough because you can do more. There is the potential to be able to do it better. It can be done better. It has been done better. Mm-hmm. And... You know, and also too. Yes, it's an improvement on King of Monsters because of the lack of Kyle Chandler. But even King of Monsters at least was attempting to pose these kind of questions about how should humanity be dealt with, and like the ravaging of the Earth, and like the different approaches of like moderate versus extremist like ideals, and like mm-hmm. can you take these slow incremental steps to try to fix things, or is it just like we are too far gone? Fucking burn it all down and start over. Again. Yeah. Like at least there's kind of something happening there in a real way. This one, and while I agree with it, is mega corporation bad now monsters fight you know yeah. and yes i agree with that but they're, but they're not really making any significant or even interesting points about the evils of capitalism yeah you know no, no, not no, not as much as no they're no. showing you cool spaceships not, not but, as much, I, but not one as thing much i will say could. godzilla and king kong fighting in this like synth wave uh, to- setting uh, Hong of Kong. Hong yeah. Kong was spectacular. Yeah, was yeah, like it is so good. And also, leading up to this, there has been a lot of action on Twitter about like the people that are Godzilla are like, you're telling me a monkey is going to defeat this atomically charged dinosaur? Uh, yeah, okay, I, I fucking agree. good luck. And then on the other side, people are just like, wait, you think that Godzilla and his little tiny flailing arms can take fucking no. King Kong? Look at this man, you know. <laughs> and 
He's got atomic breath that can core I, a hole which, to the center of the earth. Which I which which was my perspective. Give, I was give totally Kong one percent of it. He's dead. Yeah, I was totally on the train of like he his breath is an atomic bomb. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what is Kong going to do? And so, one thing I will <laughs> but give, don't think about the details, well, no, Carlos. <laughs> no, but one thing I will give this film is that they gave him the cool axe, yeah. which helps you get around that very obviously glaring plot hole. Well, it gives him and, some and it, it gives him magical some, power. Yeah. And it helps it it helps it be not so absurd that what? Kong could fight Godzilla. Like giving him that it's like well, okay. Kong throws the first blow. Let's go back to the ship. But also mm-hmm. one one last thing I want to say and then Kong I can, can, I can punch be done the shit is the moment in Hollow Earth which can we talk about how there's a sun in the center of the earth for a second? We've got to bring a little avatar uh, into this son of a bitch. <laughs> but when you know he's in that main like room where all the stuff is mm-hmm. or whatever, when he grabs that axe and he sits on his fucking throne, that was shit good. was hard as fuck. There's that was twenty fantastic. Ass. There's twenty fantastic photographs in this picture. That scene was so fucking mm-hmm. bad. When he rips apart that, that like, lizard oh, creature King and then drinks Kong. out of the skull. That shit was that hard was as fuck too. Awesome. Uh, but when he sits on his throne, and you're like, oh, King Kong, mm-hmm. not just Kong. Right. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes. Yeah. Like that shit was badass. It was a fun movie, but it definitely has its issues. Big well, issues there you go. Me. I that you you ended it with the right tone. I mean, <laughs> if you if you felt that you had to make the point that you can see that this isn't great uh, dialogue writing or great uh, screenwriting, then. That's an important point to make, and, and I'm glad. And I think it's a. You big, seem annoyed with the fact that well, I had no, to make I just, that point. I, I mean, I feel like it, maybe it's because I listened to our last episode, or you yeah. know, the episode See, I, I did I, it I recently. To, like I, we kind of had this discussion to an extent, yeah, okay. and I think it's it's one that's like it is kaiju fandom 101. Are we gonna get hung up on the stupid like? lack of any scientific reason behind anything that happens in these films they try so gonna, hard to convince are, you that it makes that are we going to get something. hung up on the poor acting and or dialogue and or yeah, screenwriting I, yeah. or are we just going to accept that we as adults sometimes yeah. revel in seeing large monsters fight each other on screen and to me if you go to a movie <laughs> called kong versus godzilla it's called and, godzilla versus kong but go on okay sorry godzilla versus kong not to get hung up and on no that's good i i've reversed <laughs> it a few not. times when i've when i've been saying it the past few days but if you're gonna get hung up on it don't go to the movie you yeah. know what i mean like yeah, my yeah, review yeah, of this yeah, movie yeah. is no if you see are, david you're saying have low expectations and no I, no I, no, 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 I did not at all say I haven't seen Skull Island. Low expectations. I said have appropriate expectations. Expect badass monster fighting. And if you don't get badass monster fighting, then I want to see that zero star review. I want to see that zero star review. Why are you paying these actors? With names, as much money as you're paying them, well, if you're not going to give them a script that, that makes any goddamn degrees. sense for the human portion of this thing, because y'all are right, the animal portion of the thing is fine. It's yeah. fine. It's a little long sometimes, but it's, it's fine. Dope. <laughs> so if you're going to pad the movie with an extra hour of humans interacting with one another, give them something to say. Yeah. Because we've seen movies that have done it correctly. I haven't seen yeah. Skull Island. Carlos says it's, it's the one. But y- it can be better than this. And I've, I'm so sad that Tenet didn't make this much money at this timing of what well, we're going through. That's because of Nolan's hubris. No, no, hold on. <laughs> no, it's not. It's because of, <laughs> time. It it's because no. of timing. His but hubris Joe, that was, was the, because of... Yeah, <laughs> he, he forced the timing. The timing well, his was hubris because of was, 
Okay, you guys are you're right. I'm probably right a little bit too. That's given true. everything that we knew. It was going to be just a month away, just a month away, just a month away. So I understand his point of view then. A better mm. movie could have made all of this money, and I fear that because this movie made all this money, this ribbon cutting, that it's okay to go back to the theater. That it's this film, I'm afraid that short-sighted studios it's, are going to say no, this no, film no, we Joe, need we're more gonna, we're garbage. Be, Joe, wait. We're going to be... this movie's kind of good. In the next six months, we're going to be having, you know... 70 million, 80 million, no, you're right. 100 million, yeah. 120. We're yeah. back at 150. It would be an interesting conversation, but so we spent too long I in this first half to figure out which movies would, yeah, would be we, the we're gonna see next a record, record breaker. This is, this is significant. I mean, this is, I think, one of the first ones where the industry is reacting to it in a way that tells us they feel like blockbusters are back on the menu. Yeah. They feel like they can, they can do this sort of film rollout. But... What if Tenet I, I had been the one where we want more intellectual, yeah, I mean, scientifically that's, that's, reasoned... Okay, the, the world that you're anyway, discussing anyway. does not exist, and it would never <laughs> and, You're right. No, you're, we are here. Also, we are here today. Even that's with all Nolan, he'll stay his own thing, no, but, and I, I don't think... But because nobody's going to... Yeah. I, don't, I don't think that either of those films being the one that made the money is going to have the effect that you're talking about. Yeah. Like Godzilla versus Kong making money. is not going to convince any studio that like, Oh, we have to make more big monster fight movies. Like they're not confused. They, they're not confused about the fact that this movie made the money because this is the kind of movie everybody wants to see. This movie made the money because of the timing and how it was handled with the rollout. Rather than knowing... Well, it made me want to see it. I, I, yeah. I was the one that said, but, let's do well, this. Well, no, but, every, but everybody wanted to see it, and they always knew that everybody was going to want yeah. to see it. Just like Marvel knows that all of the movies that they have slated for uh, the next uh, couple of years yeah. that everybody's going to I'd rather go see, see the next Marvel movie than the next... Monsterverse movie. No, that's insane. <laughs> uh, I, listen, I'm talking about quality. Do Go ahead. You, do you uh, do you want to drink another the next Martin House? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is a this is above the line in our Golden Stout conversation. I, okay. I enjoyed this very much. I like the beer. I'm I've enjoyed drinking it. I do not think of the Golden Stouts. It does not have enough of a stout character to really make me feel comfortable with the Golden Style de- designation. I joked about it being a peanut butter cream ale earlier. Yeah, and that's what it turned uh, out to or be. Or have you had the saloon or, door peanut butter marshmallow cream ale? It's not a far cry from that. Is that the fluffy nuts? The fluffy nuts. It's not n- I have, nearly as sweet, Yeah, but it's in the realm yeah, of that. Yeah, it's So, I mean... I understand this golden stout thing is kind of a weird thing, yeah. but there's not enough roastiness in there. I just want okay. there to be at least some I, some of that kind of. I was asked to judge a beer competition once, okay, and it was uh, supposed to be, of course not. Uh, it was supposed <laughs> to be uh, to the style, yeah. So it wasn't your favorite beer; it mm-hmm. was the beer closest to the style. Right. And the style was given to us on a sheet of paper. You're absolutely right, David. In the in whatever the rules are becoming about what golden stouts are supposed to be, yeah. this this is not stouty, right? It's not. But no. but we can both be right. I enjoy the hell out of this sure. beer. No, it's good. I but and, you're right. In a strict golden stout, yeah. nah, it's it's not up there with the other two that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, one last thing I'll say is that um, I I did watch King Kong versus Godzilla 1962 and Godzilla versus Godzilla 1974. One thing I will give Godzilla versus Kong is that it does heavily borrow from those original films in a nice way to pay homage to them, mm-hmm. which I really liked. And also to 
point to the kind of underwhelmingness of the human aspect of the story, we may have done ourselves a disservice because the film we are going to talk about in the second half is a kaiju monster movie that does have a compelling human element to it Hmm. and shows that you can do that. What film could it be when we return? (laughs) We're done talking about the beer? Yeah, he did. He got it. He got oh, it. wow. Oh, wow. I, that that made quick on the draw. We are back and possibly prematurely because we have not discussed a beer. So if either of you pulls a beer out, it yeah. is the yeah. first time any of us are hearing about it. Yeah, we, we didn't uh, take a moment there to discuss. I normally, didn't even decide. I had options. Normally there's like, a little pre Let's have the conversation. What did you Believe bring, Believe it or David? not, listeners, there is some production that goes wow. into this. We discuss <laughs> things in advance. Except in this case, where, yeah, where you're getting a peek behind the scenes. It's a yeah. three-way chat where someone says, what beers are we doing tonight? <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so kicks hey, it that's production, baby. Well, that's okay, so I'll, I'll go with styles, and then you can tell me which okay. style you want to drink. Right. Sounds like fun. There's one that <laughs> describes itself. Listeners, call in and tell us what you want us to drink. <laughs> I'm asking my co-host, not our listeners. Mosaic Hop Sith Pale Ale. gets a t-shirt. Mosaic Hop Pale Ale. Okay. Oh, phones are lighting up. <laughs> uh, brownie Batter Imperial Milk Stout. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Or... Is that a, a hard seltzer smoothie. Oh. Okay. Hey, guys. Hey, it's Bill. I love the show. What are the ABVs time, on those? Time. What are the ABVs on those? Because I know that you guys like long secession. time listener, first time caller. <laughs> um, caller for West Virginia. Thanks for all the love. So the hard seltzer smoothie is a five percenter, as you might expect, a little lower. The uh, mosaic hopped pale ale is six point seven. Uh huh. And I'm building up to what I think is probably our heftiest. That is the brownie batter imperial milk stout. Which clocks in at twelve percent. Uh, hey, hold on, hold hey on. it's Louie. Uh, what's the film? Because I want to help y'all with the uh, partnership of the beer to the movie. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? This is Trevor. I think that if you're gonna do it, you, you got to go big or go home, baby. That's right. I, I agree with Trevor. Call us. Which I, I'd say brownie batter. I'd say brownie. I mean, you, right. anyone yeah. I that listens to this show David knew, knew so far ahead of time what I was gonna say. Well, I didn't know until Trevor called in, and that, then it was obvious. I, First time, long time. I think you should go big or go home. Yeah, I, right. I don't like the movie parts. Can y'all talk beer more? <laughs> so, Said almost nobody. <laughs> so we're gonna get some of this. Uh, Great you know, work. I'll go ahead and uh, and and reveal the the style is brownie batter imperial milk stout. The beer is called Lick the Spoon. It is by Welt White Elm Brewing Company, who we have had before. We have. I know they were our introduction to Nebraska, I believe, because they are out of Lincoln. And as I said when I was uh, enticing these gentlemen. With this beer, it's 12% ABV. So, who like, are like you, a you corner think, person, soft center? Let's be honest. We all know the best part about brown, brownies is licking the spoon. Yep, that's the truth. Whoo! Combine well, it and mix Create a decadent brownie in a glass. All right. Um, so I put the spoon in a bowl and then deliver them to people in the house and become a hero. Wow. Yeah. Well, so hopefully I become a hero 
with this beer. You're our hero every week. And we, we get to... Got a nice head on it. Enjoy. Got a nice aroma. You're the it king. It doesn't look that thick coming out, but now that it's in the glass, it, I think it's a... Yeah, it's very, a bit, very, a bit very thicker dark. thicker than, than right. I gave it credit the, the, for. The, the king of beer mongers, uh, <laughs> beer hoarders. So uh, I, I'm going to enjoy sipping on this, I think, while we talk about... Your atomic breath is vomiting from <laughs> all of the... Um, <laughs> We're going all the way back, folks. We're going all the way back. Not all the way back. We could have gone all the way back by doing King Kong, but we decided to stick with the Godzilla. This feels like more of a Godzilla yeah. uh, universe that we live in with the, with the MonsterVerse. There is a very um, significant... I mean, we got Godzilla, Godzilla, Kong, Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Yeah, so three we, three to one race. Right, right. So we decided to go back to the beginning because when we did uh, Godzilla King of Monsters, the 2019? 16. 20- no, no, because we did it. We, it could not have been. Anyway, that w- when we did that, we decided to do another kind of uh, film 19, of right. a whole, okay of a whole different series, uh, Pacific Rim, which was fun, and we and we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Although we actually disagreed on it, listeners go back, and it, it, it's a delightful discussion, scintillating. But uh, Pacific Rim fucks. You know, when we were preparing to do this one, for whatever reason, our heads went right back more to the Godzilla origins. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I'm glad for one reason I've never seen. With the film that we're about to discuss, I, I had never seen it. Either. And I own. I'll tell you a story King about Kong that I, I thought I had seen it, but I hadn't. Oh, interesting. Um, so we we decided to go back to 1954 Toho uh, Film Studio out of Japan. Their film Godzilla or Gojira, as it as it was uh, released over there, and uh, where the whole mythology around Godzilla is created mm-hmm. and first rolled out right. and, and defined. Um, you have this monster showing up on the shores of this Japanese island, um, wrecking ships. Where all of their fish are depleted from their oceans. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's this big problem, a national crisis. Um, scientists are brought in. They, they develop these theories around what caused it, and it has to do with H-bomb testing and, uh-huh. and, uh, and what's going on, which was very contemporary, Bikini Atoll. There was this um, actual experiment that, or uh, test that had gone awry and had actually radiation poisoned some people. And bad incident. And so building off that, the idea of this monster that's awakened by it and how, to, how did the Japanese people, how does the Japanese government try to thwart this? Well, through warlike means, right? Uh-huh. And, 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 and doing more and more stuff. Um, but the only thing that's really going to be able to stop him is a secret weapon that's being developed by somebody who does not even want to be developing a secret weapon. No, no, no. In fact, the... Dr. Serizawa. The who, history The character's of, name is reused in uh, Godzilla vs. That's Kong. right. Yeah. And w- one of the many ways that they nod to those originals. Yeah. Right? If I have created something that can destroy so much, I don't even want it to be implemented. I know once it is implemented that the world will destroy itself with it. Which is, I mean... The oxygen destroyer. It's what this movie is about, though. Like, you know, uh, the destructive tendencies of, of man once released or once used, once put in 
put forth into the world being right. unable to take them back. That's right. All, it's also, as David kind of alludes to, that the idea of a artistic expression from Japanese cinema about a, a reaction and point of view when it comes to atomic warfare. Yeah, so and I mean... And of course, they might have a little bit of opinion on that matter. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, the lead up, or what precedes this film is the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, just less than a decade before. Less right. than a decade before that happening. I mean, I I had never seen this film before, and I you know it had been one that was kind of on my list, a, a glaring omission in my like film history education. And I always knew that like one of the interesting things about Godzilla from an American perspective is that you know Americans like these big monster movies and stuff, but like what a lot of Americans, especially, you know, pre-internet and stuff, didn't realize because of the trajectory of the franchise into kind of cheesy B-moviness for kids is that the the character begins as this, like, critique or this kind of expression of grief uh, about the American bombing of Japan. Right. And... And then the subsequent testing of nuclear, yeah, and I mean, all of the, the fallout that follows yeah. from that, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and so I had always wanted to see it, to, you know, see the allegories, ha- see what, have see that what point around, yeah. see like what 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 was done here, what did they do with this film, how was this represented on screen? How did they do a big monster movie in 1954? Right, yeah. you know, and none of us said at the f- first half that the effects in Godzilla versus Kong are, are are outstanding, and maybe twenty years from now we'll look at them with some kind of eye where I we say, "Can't imagine if, s- getting much better." Like, right. <laughs> how does it get much better? Right, but that? we said that about Star Wars too. Uh, sure. Um, well, you you weren't around, but I was not. So you're right. I I have never seen it. I've always intended on see it. I'm, I'm I love it when we fill holes on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew what I was going to see: uh, a guy in a rubber suit. Yeah. Uh, some smoke that comes out of his right. mouth. Uh, miniatures, models, that he can stop a city. Then it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a guy on a soundstage. Suitmation. But that's cutting edge of, yeah. of 1954. But also... And, uh, it, and yes, it plays so nostalgia. It plays toward... I hope I can keep in mind that this is the best that could could have been done. Right. Because through today's lens and today's eyes, it's hokey and it's silly and that's just what it is and that's okay. Just because when we talk about context of the best that could have been done when it came out, we forgive all kinds of things if you're looking at cinematic, cinema through a historic point of view. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, uh, I loved this movie. <laughs> I, was, I, I was, loved it. I was gonna say as you were talking about that, yes, the effects are dated, but it it works. Yeah, <laughs> it works, and it works due to certain things that they do with like playing with like depth of field and like having you know stuff in the foreground mm-hmm. that kind of you know works to even though what's in the foreground is a miniature, but because it's so far in the foreground and it's out of focus a little bit, that it gives. Oh, you can see the trickery. They're doing fantastic, and they, they but it is done to such effectiveness and. Some of my favorite like visual things about this film you see a ton in Godzilla vs Kong and King of Monsters and uh, 
I don't know, just the fact that so much visual vocabulary was defined in this, you know, 50 plus year old movie. Yeah. One one of those moments is, because you know, we don't fully see Godzilla, like, I mean, we see him, like, kind of in the beginning on, like, the island kind of situation, but he doesn't mm-hmm. really come into, like, real intense destruction until later on in the film, but you see the kind of spine coming out of the water. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that specific thing that they do that has been used over and over and over again, mm-hmm. but the way that it works in the suitmation kind of realm is so effective and works so well for me that I, I mean I was just kind of in awe of what they were able to do for the time yeah I mean that's the right way to view this I although I had the experience of watching one of the earlier films and I'll get I'll get around it not not exactly this one um, with one of my daughters and you know she remarked on the special effects she she you know not putting herself in the context of, of course, like, of right? course. Like, which I would is expect which is else. terrible behavior and I told her that <laughs> scolded and, her and immediately. she's not the way that we academically all, right. all privileges have been revoked right. no uh, the, you're starving the dog <laughs> teach to her. prove a point to yeah. prove a point uh, but but you know her pointing that out yes it's obvious we have grown leaps and bounds in terms of being able to visualize these monsters and sure. and, and what they do I will agree with Carlos, though. A lot of the sort of general way that we arrange those shots and the, and the way that we set them up is the the template is here. I mean, they, they kind of have that, and then it's just improving over the years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you got to get over that hurdle if it is a hurdle for you. Hopefully it isn't. I came to these films on TV primarily when I was a kid, watching them on like Saturday afternoons. They had a creature double feature show mm-hmm. on one of the... Like oh, hosted by Elvira? No, oh, it wasn't Elvira. It, it was so it was sorry. a Boston local guy. But anyway, the the uh, the idea, you know, I saw a number of these, and I couldn't tell them apart at the time. It was just this blend of these kind of people in rubber suits, uh-huh. creatures from lagoons and stuff, yeah. like you know, hitting each other over the head, stomping each other, you know, the, what, grabbing people. Crazy um, sound effects. It was love, you know. I loved yeah. it, you know, and so. You know, if you can if you can come to it with some of that already, then great. But if not, then you got to kind of acclimate to it. But yeah, this film of all of them that I've seen is really where there's more drama to the situation, yeah. um, the human part of the situation mm-hmm. than they've probably ever achieved since. I mean, and so what you know, we were saying going into the break that like we're undercutting ourselves, or 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 we're doing something to the point that we were trying to make that you can't do a good job of that with these films or people generally don't. This is a case where they did generally do a good job. Did a great and there job. really was a topic that they were on, you know, the whole, the arms race, the, the sort of uh, horrors of the atomic bomb and what, what sort of devastation it wreaked, the grief that the Japanese people were going uh, through. Unknown consequences. And you have some great, I mean, Takashi Shimura, um, you know, who plays the doctor in the film, the paleontologist, um, D- Dr. Yamane. He is in the same year in Seven Samurai. He's, you know, he's across the board one of the great Japanese character actors and getting to see him play this doctor role. Now, this was a bit of a revelation for me because I thought I had seen the original Godzilla film probably 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. 
But it was the Americanized version of it, yeah, which, which was heavily reedited for many, many years. The only one that was so. So, to my defense, I think it was still at a time where I couldn't get a legit copy of the Japanese version here in the United States to be yeah. watching on home video. But um, it, it it's very funny. So I actually I rewatched that one just because when I realized oh that was different, I kind of wanted to see it again. I'm and curious that, that's what the, the one difference that I watched. is. Because well, I because I've only, I've only seen it once and it was this time right and it was right to my understanding aware. the Japanese yeah. so they bring in an American character they bring uh, in Raymond Burr who went on to play uh, Perry Mason uh-huh. I, I believe uh, TV lawyer he plays a character named Steve Martin actually <laughs> which is kind of funny throughout the film when they call it because Steve Martin we need to talk to Steve Martin <laughs> but uh, he's a reporter who happens to be going overseas. I can't remember what his actual destination was, but he's like going to lay over in Tokyo and meet a friend. And while he's there, stuff starts unfolding. And so he's capturing it. And it's actually done as like a flashback in the beginning because it's like him beneath rubble. And he's like, oh, I tell you what happened three days ago. Does he, inter- oh, does, does he no. interact with Japanese people? A lot people? of voiceover. A lot of voiceover. Uh, so it's like, it's really, it takes out... Are there m- Japanese actors in his scenes? There are in many of these. I mean, the, the, some of these same... Amiko is in there, the daughter. Oh, they the, bring they, back... They're there, but a lot of their dialogue is stuff that's just handled in voiceover. Wow. They have a few lines of theirs dubbed in places. Think think about that, though. It made such an impact in Asia. Mm Mm-hmm. That we need to bring it over here and Americanize well, to make to to, we to can capitalize sell it. on this. I mean, this. it was you know Toho right. brings no, but it, to capitalize on a phenomenon. Yeah, and we we've talked about Jaws, the original blockbuster yeah. monster movie. But I mean, we are now moving backward into seeing the evolution mm-hmm. toward that. I'm so glad we picked this. I mean, it's it, it is two years later and with a different title that yeah, it's distributed in America. Yeah. But, uh, they would never they, at, at, that, they, they would never at so the time fast. had shown the original <laughs> probably not not in any large way i mean no. you know we're talking about like the golden age of american yeah. society and anything that's going to be imported that's critiquing right that's, so that, they also yes that's know, the other like thing the, they make it much less clear the atomic component. Interesting. Yeah, they're not going to give it's you... It's in a, there. It's not, in there. It's like, it, it is briefly... Like, they, they do talk about that it was because of disruption from atomic, you know, testing. But it's it's not talked to the extent oh, that it is in the Japanese Because, version. I mean, part of it is that, like, he survived... Uh, the He survived the H-bomb. He was created by the H-bomb. He cannot... He can't what, be destroyed. What by can it, destroy right? him? Yeah, yeah. You know, like if that's right. what created him. Well, and the it, most powerful, you know, the ending, we know. the ending of the Japanese Godzilla is is really sad. I mean, you know, you have the doctor basically despairing on the ship that you know, like, what have uh-huh. we done? You know, like this is, you know, this was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right. We could have studied that. We could have understood what was going on. Instead, we just all we know how to do is destroy, and. The end of the American one is like voiceover Raymond Burr saying like, and then we got back to living. We should say the Oxygen Destroyer is yes. one big one is made. There's some fantastic uh, underwater scenes with the old timey <laughs> Scooby-Doo yeah. bell diving suit. Oh, yeah. And the, the, um, the Bioshock. Uh, my son is home, was home for Easter. And we watched it together, yeah. and we laughed, but we weren't making fun of 
You were enjoying the oxygen destroyer uh, test yeah, scene yeah. where the fish, there's, it, basically, we drop it in the water, it mm-hmm. removes all the oxygen, and yeah. then there's a, another unknown thing that disintegrates all flesh, whatever. Yeah. And so the fish are swimming, and this horrible dissolve into skeletons floating. Yeah. It's a pretty it's a pretty hard edit. Yeah, yeah right. And uh, we laughed, but then I, I, I meant to Google, I didn't. When did... Um, the Wolfman come out would have would it have come out after before, this or before this, pre-day? Because right? that yeah, that, like Universal Wolfman, yeah, that original like yeah, from like a twenty. Years yeah, that's just a, a a fade edit from stage to stage to stage. Yeah. Whenever he's converting, right. it made me think of that immediately, but but done more poorly. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I loved that. The other thing I wanted to say is that every actor is beautiful. Every everyone's so beautiful. Uh, the the main the main lead actors yeah and that really lends itself to I think not performance certainly but just look and noir of this film is yeah. wonderful to watch yeah uh, the the scene the, the 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 settings the rooms that they're all in mm-hmm. the it's all it's all so 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 well done yeah um, I would be curious to almost do a little dive into 50s Japanese cinema to see what else was going on. Well, we on definitely at the time. have a lot to cover as far as Japanese cinema co- well, goes. Well, we've talked about doing Kurosawa, and like I said, that was right along. I mean, that's what we need to do because we haven't done any of that. You know, another interesting thing about uh, about this film is there's some like a, there's some definite like influences from American cinema in it as well. Like some of the earlier scenes, like there's some very film noir, like intense shadow moments, mm-hmm. like with the blinds and like all that kind of. And I noticed that, and I was like, oh, I'm getting a very film noir vibe. That kind of goes away a little bit as you get into more of the monster part of it, and it starts to kind of come in a, to its own a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then also, the scene where they, which we get some more of in uh, different sequels, and I think maybe a little bit in Godzilla versus Kong, where they're dropping charges into the water yeah. to try to like get rid of Godzilla or whatever you thought that was going to do. There is this, there's this music that's playing during it that, yeah, the score is great. Well, it, but it translates culturally to this like hoorah nationalist like yeah, let's go yeah. kind of music, and I just found it so interesting that that would play the same way to an American audience that, it, or at least to me, hmm. an American that yeah. it would in Japan. Cause it just had this, yeah, you know, like, yeah. where it's like, let's go. We're going to get I it. The Navy about, or, yeah. or the coast guards coming in and we're going to fix it. You know, like yeah. that was, that was something that struck me as very, especially because of how critical of American foreign policy, this uh, film is. Um, but, uh, the last thing that really, um, kind of struck me, or not struck me, but that I just thought was so cool was to watch somebody and know it was the first time it happened. Go, it's Godzilla. Yeah, like, I had to see the first time that sure, that ever happened. Yeah. Like that's fucking. I mean, because that's what you. I mean, like it gets parodied in like Austin Powers sure. and like other where it's like, oh, it's Godzilla. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just cool to see where things that have permeated pop culture yeah. in such a profound way started. I agree. It's, it, it is one of those films that uh, lives up to its reputation. It, it started, in many ways, an entire approach to films or a subgenre of, you know, like this kind of 
horror-ish uh, hybrid with science fiction that, that, you know, these monster movies represent this particular strain. Um, it, I mean, it's and as a movie unto itself, you can understand why. You can understand why this did so well in Japan, why it traveled even in its weirdly altered form. And I would encourage anybody who's interested, watch that Raymond Burr version. It, it, it is kind of funny to especially I compare the two. I don't know if I can do it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but... But I do think it's it's a lot of fun, and I know you know we were talking a little bit earlier in the episode that we, some of us did some extracurricular viewing. We watched yeah. some others of these well, films. Let's give it to HBO Max. I mean, they make it so easy. Yeah, yeah. We, saw, we watched this original on HBO Max. We watched Kong, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong on HBO Max, mm. and it was so easy when you watch those two films, it fills out an ag- algorithm for you, where here's the rest of the Godzilla movies, Yeah, and there were I think uh, they even six had or like seven. A, like a collection, a Godzilla collection. Because sure. we, we traded a link about uh, all 36 Godzilla, or Godzilla movies ranked. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the one I really wanted to watch, I couldn't find. The Shin Godzilla? Yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, I could have sworn I saw it on Max, and then when I went to go watch it, no, I was like, I are we calling it Max? Is that the HBO Max? I want to yeah. do it right. Okay. Well, I, don't, I just I've been calling it Max. <clears throat> it's it's the, it's the only streaming service that has, uh, I guess, other than Prime, that has a definitive like, a like because you have Disney Plus, you have Paramount Plus, you have all these. There's a lot of pluses. Yeah, but this one's Max. Max. Right. Well, yeah. Didn't I, get to watch Shin Godzilla though. So yeah, I mean it it's funny to see how the how they developed, you know, if you if you do go back cuz like I say my experience early on was that these were kind of brighter, sunnier films that were sillier and campier, I guess, right. without I wouldn't have called them camp at the time, but uh-huh. I I think I even recognized them as being silly when I was younger. But that's clear once you get to a certain point, like, like the 70s. Y- well, maybe no, a little earlier. No, actually, I was going to say I watched it isn't available on HBO Max, but there is Max. the HBO Max, HBO Max, just Max, um, just that. That uh, the nineteen sixty two King Kong versus versus Godzilla. I watched that one too. You can find it on YouTube. um, Is brighter, it is sunny, and goofier. In the King Kong version, in that film, has like a really stupid mask. Yeah, it's really that they're using. Like Godzilla isn't quite as bad yet, though. No, but it gets pretty silly with their fighting. There's like this so, kind of but, rubber suit wrestling that, yes, that it devolves but, into. But, but his his Godzilla specific character design hasn't quite uh, hasn't softened to the point it that just it hasn't eventually gotten does. as bad. Like I also watched because of the twist in Godzilla versus Kong. I watched Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla yeah, yeah. to get into a little bit of like because I don't. I, I certainly knew almost nothing about Mechagodzilla. Like I'd never, I had no familiarity with that character, its lore, or anything. So I went back and watched it, and they give Godzilla like googly eyes that they like. They're just like <laughs> these like very like human eyes. Yeah. Like because the because like the 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 pupils are black, but then everything around it is white, like a person. Yeah. But in Godzilla or in King Kong versus Godzilla it's still kind of yellow as opposed to yeah. a white. So it still has this okay. kind of Fibious. lizard. It hasn't gotten it, as it, cartoony. It still has a reptilian kind of vibe reptilian. to it. But once sure. you get 
into the maybe even late sixties. I haven't seen any. I, I've seen 1962 and 1974. Lizard. So okay. in between so, is a bit of a. But, but then it. you. But literally, it looks almost like googly eyes put yeah. on him. It's so. I definitely ridiculous I pupils. But I. But I. Opposite direction. But I've seen those screenshots enough to know. Okay, this happens at a certain point where the character does get like legitimately very fucking goofy. Yeah, yeah. Know? I mean, they they definitely went more in a family sort of uh, silly fun direction with it at a certain point, but that makes it all the more interesting to return to the origin here and see where it was. This it started as a very dark kind of uh, you know reflection on the human condition. And I think. Yeah, I mean, part of the frustration I guess some of us were feeling in the first half of the episode is that you you wish that you could have that level of storytelling with this kind of spectacle. You know it's possible. You know it is, It's, but it, it is a challenge, and to do it fresh, you know, you can't just rehash what they did already. you got to come up with the new connections, the new ways to bring that web of characters together that's going to have it make sense. It could be done. And and I think Kong Skull Island is probably as close to something doing that that we've seen in, in the recent past. But maybe well, we'll get to see some more. You can only expect more from this universe. Yeah. Well, I don't know that that's true because it went Godzilla 2015, money, Kong versus Skull Island 2017, Godzilla King of Monsters. Now, when Godzilla King of Monsters comes at, came out in 2019, Godzilla versus Kong... Kong had already been shot. Or they were was talking like, about it being out the next year. I don't it, know if it. Was... I think I think it had already been shot, okay. and they were in post production. Yeah. If if it hadn't completed shooting, they were in the midst of shooting. Yeah. When Godzilla King of Monsters comes out, but Godzilla King of the Monsters did poorly, and they there was talk at that time of. Godzilla versus Kong being the end of it because of how oh, bad really? Godzilla King of, Mon- King of the Monsters did. And the only reason that that one was being slated to be released at that time, granted things may have changed, obviously. Uh, like Joe said, it made a good amount of money, especially during a pandemic. But at the time, they were saying this: the only reason we're releasing this is because it's pretty much it done exists, already yeah. and we've already pumped too much money into it, but we're probably not developing the monster universe further. Okay. And so I don't know if this is going to shift that tide or not. Do you guys want to see more of this? Fuck yes. You I want to see more Kong movies. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now that he's in the fucking center of the earth and he's just like fucking yeah, like, kinging it yeah, down yeah, there. Godzilla balling, swum like, away. I would like to see. We're open to possibilities here. Give me a, give me a another Godzilla versus something else. You know, like why not? You know, sure, sure. Does Kong chill? Godzilla versus does Kong make an appearance? Like he's chilling. Like I am going up for this one. Yeah, he, he, the hole that Godzilla breathed into the earth is still there, and you can just see him look up at it and hear all the chaos. Yeah, maybe they should let he lights up a doobie direct the next oh, one and do it I'd as like Wes Anderson Kong, Kong as Beach Bum in Hollow Earth just R- like right. kind of relaxing and living the he has sort to be of, he has to be persuaded yeah look when to, the Safdie brothers get a monster movie I'm fucking there right. hey you know we didn't even mention it but Adam Wingard um, he, he had his beginnings in Mumblecore yeah, and horror. you know uh, he making did the, films with Joe Swanberg yeah and, he did the, he was in the VHS anthology yeah. which is a great horror anthology um, so that I mean that 
it's pretty incredible when, when and, you get somebody who's pulled into it. And I think he brings a little vibrancy to it, but I we I don't want to belabor that point. I, yeah. I think I think there's well, some... I, I think it's I think it's Michael Doherty that did Kong versus Skull Island that is like the real like because because he did Trick or Treat, which is like yeah. was an instant cult classic horror movie. Mm-hmm. He did Krampus, which was is is now arguably a cult classic horror movie. Mm. I mean, he has done these things. He uh, Michael Doherty has done such effective genre yeah. work. You yeah. know what I mean? And I know I know Adam Wingard has some has some upcoming projects, and I think he's got he's been announced to be developing something that's returning to his horror roots and things oh, cool. like that. Um, now to go back to the first one, uh, the Junkie XL score in Godzilla versus Kong worked for me in a way that his incredibly cheesy, almost vomit inducing Snyder cut score did not. Uh, <laughs> and also this original Godzilla score. I mean, it's so yeah. fucking good. The music is, is so good. It is. Wax- and they quote it throughout the rest of the, I mean, the, it, yeah. it, themes get used and yeah. Cause when you have that like base to work with, why, you know, just right. keep building it. Why, well, yeah, why reinvent absolutely. it? And it bums me out because Waxwork currently has a Showa-era Godzilla soundtrack box set. Oh, yeah? I think it's all the Showa-era stuff, actually. Mm -hmm. So it's a fuck ton of records. Yeah. But it's so expensive. (laughs) How could it not be? And, of course, it's incredibly expensive. And I just need the first one. Just give me the first one. That's... I. Somebody will release it at some point on its own. It'll they happen. fucking should, man, because I, I, I don't want yeah. it. I need it. Yeah, it was very, very good. Even, even, even if the track listing includes the weird patriotic. Hey, you know, let like, it, let it. I'll take it. Yeah. Now, I know that I, I know that we decided that we wanted this beer. Do we need it? <laughs> How do we feel about it? Lick the spoon. I mean, it, Smell lives up, the glove. it lives up to the promise. I, I will say, like, this is like having brownie batter they, in, they in a do, glass. They do chocolate correctly yeah. in this uh, beer. I, I enjoyed this very, very much. Super decadent. I'd like to have rich. a four-pack of this in the fridge to pull out on very, very, very specific occasions. Because you're right, David, it's, it's very rich. Yeah. It's very uh, much... Uh, you're only gonna drink one of these, I think, in an evening, if you're gonna do it solo. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want more than sixteen. But, ounces But that of this. sixteen ounces oh, goes down so good. That was delicious. I don't know if I'm even drinking one of these. I you don't know if you could get through a whole sixteen yourself. I mean, I could, but boy, would it take me a while. But here's the thing, I, David. I took a cue from you. I glanced over at you while we were discussing the film, and you had your entire paw around the glass (laughs) trying to get it hot because they came straight out of the refrigerator sure let's say you open one of these and you enjoy it while you watch a kong versus godzilla the last sip godzilla versus kong is gonna be you you fucked up earlier i didn't (laughs) the last sip is gonna be just as delicious as the first it's gonna be completely different possibly as it warmed yeah it just got richer and richer and richer yeah Mm, i'd lick that spoon yeah well, so the glove too. Or you could go the route of, and I do this for movies when I think ahead. I'll have three or four mugs 
set in the freezer. And so what <laughs> I'll do... You wet them first, though, right? I wet them, you, I you get them wet, wet I get them ice, wet, I put them ice down floating in the freezer, in your beer. get some nice ice chunks on them, uh-huh. and then I just, I'll pour a little of the beer in the first one, I'll drink it, you know, sit down 15, 20 minutes later, I'll grab the second mug, nice. I'll pour a little more, yeah. So keep, I always, Keep it ice cold. So, that, you, so you've got... Three to four frosted <laughs> mugs on deck for one beer. Yeah, because you want to keep the twelve at least. You want to keep the twelve percent imperial right. milk we're, scout. We're, we're getting I, ice you want to keep it ice cold, baby. Yeah. Ice, uh, ice. I, now this is a fantastic beer, but you, it's it's rich and decadent. Yeah, holy shit, is it rich and decadent? I I mean, uh, White Elm. I mean, they, I uh, I should have looked up the beers they've done for us before. They, we, I know we've had their stuff. We have. Um, Listen to After Hours to reveal. <laughs> And it's always been really good. And I think of them as a, at this point, just solid, dependable. Anything I hear of coming from them, whatever the recipe is, I'm going to be curious to try it because I think they wouldn't do something unless they could do it well. Yeah. Um, not that anyone cares about my opinion on beer that much anymore, but uh, <laughs> I. What I, happened? What I've like, just been getting what, the short end of the stick this episode. I'm coming in last. What are you talking about? You uh, you love this beer. I do like this beer a lot. Yeah, hey, yeah. David, back in episode 112, we had the Fluffer Muttergus. Oh, I was yeah. I was vamping for Joe to do his research. Ooh, that was good. You weren't. I just cut you off on I purpose. Know. That was during our long-ass uh, uh, October episode when we did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Ooh, that was fun. That was a long episode? Just trying to get people to listen. Okay, I don't. I have, I have very little recollection of any of the episodes. Um, we had their Pulpa Gogo Blackberry Blackberry yes. Blueberry Blackberry Cobbler. In yeah, episode they do it. They do it all. They they, they, do they run the gamut. All. They run the gamut. And we saw David's favorite film of 2020 on the rocks. Ah, uh, yes, all of our favorite films. Um, no, this this beer is very good. It's it's the, it's doing this podcast and doing it the way that we do it that makes me glad that we do it because like i said i don't know that a full 16 of this is going down easily for me yeah but it is so delicious it is so rich and decadent it's like it's like when you have one of those like um like really chocolatey cakes that's like almost barely even a cake it's so dense <laughs> i do you know the kind of cake i'm yeah, talking about i can't think of what it's called nightmare chocolate thing. something like yeah. that it's like yeah. it's like something like that where you're just like you take a bite and you're so thirsty yeah afterwards like this beer almost makes you thirsty because yeah, it's yeah. so rich but i mean this is not a thirst quencher no but it's cra- i mean it is crazy. <laughs> you wouldn't want to grab this after mowing the lawn <laughs> i tried no uh, uh it is but it, you know, it's always crazy whenever I'm gonna go to sleep for two hours. <laughs> it's crazy whenever I'd you... love to see somebody pound a fucking brownie batter imperial stout after. <laughs> if you if you have an extra, I can think of a couple of guys that might chug it. I can think of a couple. Uh, I know you're right, but, uh, <laughs> but I just I, I love the doesn't make it right though. It doesn't make it right. No, no, no. No, but it's but it, I mean it is fucking dessert in a glass. Yeah, yeah. in it's a delicious. way that is honestly. <laughs> he, he's pouring back some drags oh. that, that. <laughs> I am wow. in a state of shock. It is yeah, this is dessert. Like you don't need to get dessert. You can you can have this. Um What a fun episode. Yeah. Great episode. We love a good kaiju movie, whether we love the movie or not. Um 
we, I mean, look, if you're listening to this podcast, you have seen at least one of these movies, if not both of them. Um, you may or may not have had the beers, but if you have any experience with either, any of the four things that we've discussed on this episode, please join the discussion on social media. Let us know what you think. You can find us on Twitter at Beer and Movie Show, Instagram at Beer and Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and Movie TX, Beer and Movie Podcast.com is where you can find all the stuff. I'm like in the midst of doing all this and I feel like I got a burp. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash Beer and Movie Podcast. Uh, every week we release a bonus episode. Happens on the Patreon. We don't just talk about movies, although sometimes we will continue the conversation a little bit if there's things we haven't gotten to. We always drink a beer, but we, I mean, we talk about music, we talk about TV, we talk about general life love, stuff, life. love, loss, all of it. We talk, we talk about, we run the gamut of human emotion on the Patreon. It's only $5 a month and you get a bonus episode every single week. Sometimes they're posted on time. I'm doing my best, folks. Um, you can donate less than that if you like, but you won't get the bonus content. You'll just feel like you did something good for someone. And if you got it like that, you can always donate more. Um, as always, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a lot. Also, subscribing helps you be the first to know when we post an episode, and then you can... Uh, you know, brag to all your friends. Oh, you mean you haven't listened to Beer and Movie yet? I listened to it this morning because I got the notification because I'm a subscriber. Um, so don't forget to do all of those things. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Until next time. I can't believe that Godzilla was the last of its species. If nuclear testing continues, then someday, somewhere in the world, another Godzilla may appear. <laughs>